going to preach this morning from the book of Joshua, chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Just jokingly, I want to say I do know there are other books in the Bible, but this is where God has taken me, and, and I'm just going to follow his lead. And so I'm excited about what the word of the Lord has for us today. For just a few minutes, I want to preach on the subject of preparations for the promise. Preparations for the promise. Joshua chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. There are about three different things that I want you to repeat uh, after me uh, just to give us some emphasis today. And I appreciate the Word of God. How many of you appreciate the Word of God? It says this, Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover. Say Passover. On the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased. Say, the manna ceased. On the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate of the food of the land. Say, they ate of the food of the land of Canaan for that year. May God add a blessing. We have been following the story of the Israelites over the last few weeks as they prepare to enter into the promised land, and now they have crossed over the Jordan by the miraculous hand of God. God split the waters of the Jordan apart, and the Bible tells us that they were heaped up on one side and dissipating on the other, and they walk across on dry ground. In the midst of all of that, as the priests stand in the middle of the Jordan River, they are instructed to bring 12 stones out of the riverbed and take them into the promised land, into this place called Gilgal. These stones were to memorialize what God had done. So the first thing that I want to rehearse in your mind is don't forget what God has done for you. Amen? Uh, I think, can I get an amen? I didn't hear you. Can you preach with me this morning? I preach better and faster uh, if you preach with me than if you don't. Amen? As they gather these 12 stones, they're to memorialize what God has done in their midst, the mighty and the miraculous. And we are uh, to never forget what God has done in our life. We are to uh, keep those miracles, those uh, supplies, those supernatural things that God has done in our life. We are to remember them. And we see that it seems interesting, strange even, that God tells them, circumcise the males when you get to this place. It was symbolic of the rolling away of their past, of their Shame, And last week I preached about there's no more shame. No more shame. We all have a past. We all have uh, things that we probably need to leave in the past and not bring up anymore. Uh, and so uh, as we see this, God is rolling away the reproach of who they used to be. Can uh, somebody testify that I used to be something different, but now God is working on me, and I'm not what he's going to make of me, but I'm better than I used to be. Amen? Uh, and so uh, we see that God is working and he is preparing them for the promise. Preparing them. You see, 
you can't take your past into the future. You'd be too burdened down with the past. And when I'm talking about the past, I'm talking about the mistakes and the errors and the sins and the those things that maybe even were done to you, but not maybe that you didn't do. You can't take those. They're too heavy for you to carry into the future that God has given to you. And so there's a preparation for the promise of God. These men were left vulnerable to attack. They'd been circumcised. But it doesn't matter because God was on their side. How many remember us preaching about that last week? That's one of the most important things that you can ever get into your spirit. As a matter of fact, I hope that you carried that message with you all week long. That no matter what you encountered, whatever difficulty, whatever situation, whatever uh, malady, whatever uh, problem that you may have faced, but to know that you're not in it alone, that God is on your side. And that's worth celebrating. Amen? God is on our side. And He is preparing us for the promise. Just like He was preparing Israel to go into the promised land. It's important to understand that God's on your side. It's important to understand that the enemies are set back and terrified because they can see what God has done in your life. You know, in our minds, it would have seemed like the immediate time to engage in battle. The enemy's afraid. They've crossed over the Jordan. Everything is going well, but God it has a process and a preparation going on you see they were headed for a destination they were about to encounter enemies in the uh, that promised land in that territory that God had given to them and they needed to be prepared for it not only physically but spiritually prepared sometimes to get where God wants to take you there's a process well pastor I don't like to hear about the process I just want to get there Because the process can be painful. The process can hurt. The process can make us not feel like we're victorious even though we really are, right? You see, there are things that we encounter. And they had been told that they must be circumcised. That's a rolling away of the flesh. You see, you cannot carry earthly mentalities into the place that God has destined for you. You you see, uh, we can't carry the mindset of the world into the place that God has prepared for us, that new place of uh, where uh, we're going to conquer the enemy but also uh, help God uh, in expanding His kingdom. We can't carry the world and the fleshly things of this life into that place. It's not fitting. So there's a preparation. God, help us endure the process that we might be prepared. And a part of that preparation was a celebration of the Passover. You see, before they could begin the conquest of the land, there was a spiritual preparation of not only circumcision, which we talked about last week, but the Passover a remembrance of what God has done. 
a Thanksgiving festival. I, I said, raise your hands this morning and, and thank the Lord. We ought to be thankful for what God brought us from and where we are today and how he saved us and he set our feet on a rock and how he's healed our bodies down uh, through the time and, and he's made a way for us to be right here where we are today. Can I tell you that you could have been born at any time throughout history but God saw fit for you to be born in what I believe is some of the most important times for the church I believe we're in the last days and so there's a celebration and a thanks are you thankful this morning for what God's brought you from how he's uh, lifted you up how he's made a way for you when it seemed to be impossible so this there's this preparation See, God brought them across the Jordan River just in time to celebrate the memorial of his promise as he was fulfilling the promise. Isn't that God's timing? Wow. How many of you down through your life has experienced what I would call God's timing? You are in the right place at the right time. You know, the world looks at that and they say, oh, that was just fate or that was just luck. No, it's God's timing. It's God's design. It's God's divine appointment in our life. And they were at the right place at the right time, and they were going to celebrate the Passover right as God was bringing the promise into place. Whoo! How many need God's timing in your life? Amen? What an awesome, uh, magnificent thing that we see that they're going into. See, last week we talked about leaving the past in the past. But this was a memory they were to keep alive. Can I tell you, it's important to keep some memories alive. Just as it was important for them, it's important for us to understand what God has done for us and how he's made a way for us to be saved. That's why we're going to celebrate communion at the end of the service today. Do you remember the story? The Bible tells us that at Passover, God had done all of these mighty miracles to bring Israel to the point where they were going to be freed from Egypt. And he tells them to take a lamb. Have you taken the lamb? I feel that in my spirit. Have you taken the lamb for yourself, for your family, the lamb of God, who John said, Behold the lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. Have we taken in the lamb? And he tells them, Take the blood from the lamb. Oh, I'm thankful for the blood of the lamb. It's still the blood of the Lamb that saves my soul and cleanses me from all of my sins. Oh, the blood of Christ, it still flows from Calvary. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. Oh, it's the blood. But have we applied it? Have we applied it to the doorpost of our life? Therefore, us to see and the world to see that we have received Christ, that we applied the blood to our life. You cannot be a Christian that is in hiding. It must be seen. 
and they put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel so that whenever the destructive angel came by, that they would be preserved, that they would be saved. It's still the blood, folks, that redeems me and saves me. It's still the blood that makes the difference in my life. Oh, are you thankful this morning for the blood? And they were supposed to take the lamb, bring it into their house, take the blood and put it on their doorpost and prepare it to eat. Hear me, this is important. And leave none of it until the morning. In other words, consume it all. Have you consumed all of the lamb? All that he has for you. Have you taken Christ into your life in all of his fullness? Or are there places that you have not allowed him to go? Oh, we must consume the lamb. It must be, uh, we must take him in in all of his fullness and all of his glory. Take in the whole lamb. And I love this. And if the lamb is too much for your little family... Get with your neighbor and share it. It kind of reminds me of Thanksgiving because we had some leftovers for a long time. We didn't take too many of them because we knew I'd eat them, right? Anyway, uh, consume the whole thing. Take it all in. Take in what God has called you to have. Don't leave anything out that God has designed for you. You see, take it in. One for every family. A lamb for every family. Can I tell you? I believe that is a, that is a point that God wants us to understand. Is that the lamb is for my whole family. Not just for me. Not just for my wife but all the precious babies that God has given to us. All three of my kids, and yeah, you know I can get along too long without, go too long without talking about my grandbaby. But the blood's for her, and the lamb's for her too, and for my family. And if the lamb, they, he said, is too much for your family, share it with another family. Woo. Are you sharing the lamb? Are you sharing the lamb? Are you talking about what Jesus has done in your life? It's contagious when you do so. Talk about what the lamb is to you, what it means to you. And can I tell you this? Notice what it doesn't say. It never mentions if the lamb isn't enough for your family. Because there's not two lambs. There's one lamb who is all sufficient for you and for your family. Pastor Brian, that's some good preaching right there. Right? The lamb is enough. He's enough. He supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And he saves me and he fills me with his spirit. And I can share the lamb, but he's always more than enough. Never is the lamb too small. It's foretelling of Jesus, the Lamb of God. 
previous generation was instructed to put the blood on the doorpost. There's still power in the blood. That wonder-working power of the blood. And they were to be reminded of the blood of the Lamb as they entered into new territory. No matter what future you have, hear me, this is so good. It always is important to remember the blood of the Lamb. Don't get too, too high and mighty in your future because you didn't get there because of who you are. They didn't get there because of their military prowess or their power, but they got there because of the blood of the Lamb. Whew, I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for the blood of the Lamb. It's the source of... The blood of the Lamb was the source of their redemption and salvation. And it is our source of redemption and salvation. Have you applied the blood? And then the Lord says to them, it doesn't say to them, they are to celebrate the Passover and then something interesting happens. The manna ceases. The manna ceases. What? Why, why did God stop that miracle that for 40 years, six days a week, they just walked out and there was bread? Miracle of God. And then they got sick of just eating bread and he gave them meat at night too. And all they had to do was just walk out and partake of it. But why would the manna cease? What was the uh, issue with the manna? Why, why did it need to stop? Because God had something better in store for them. Hmm. You see, the manna, the supernatural bread was meant to sustain them. But what God had uh, for them was something that they would, could fully enjoy the fullness of God's promise. And that promise wasn't just manna, but a land flowing with milk and honey. Wow. Manna was just a daily supply. Hear me. It was just enough for the day. Hmm. And if they tried to gather more, it would go bad. And stink. And they were about to exchange a supply that was just enough for more than enough. Wow. Can I tell you that when you cross into the promises of God and you have applied the blood to your life and, and you have consumed all that God has for you, that it is not just enough. It is more than enough. Jesus is more than enough. More than enough. So the manna ceases and they uh, are, have requirements upon them. That manna uh, uh, that, that ceases causes them uh, to experience change. Wow. I'm a proponent of change. I know we need it. That don't mean I like it. You didn't say amen. But I know that you don't like change either. 
right? Why? Because when God changes something, it causes us to put more faith in Him. I, I can't just get up in the morning and walk out and there's the manna laying on the ground. No, I have to till the soil. I have to put in the seed. I have to reap the harvest. There's some responsibilities and some rights whenever God changes up some things and it causes our faith to grow because we can't just depend on a once just enough type of thing. Have you ever experienced God's more than enough supply in your life? Because that's the nature of God. He's more than enough. More than enough. If they had continued to eat the manna, it would have been a hindrance to them to enjoy what God really had put aside for them. And I tell you, Pastor, how does this apply to me? Can I tell you that every week I prepare some manna for you? Do my best. I slice the word. I try to find the hidden nuggets in it. And I prepare it for God's people to consume. I, I do my best to serve up a, a meal of the Word of God. But can I tell you, if you never learn how to pick up your own Bible and discover the truths that are in it and the growth and the faith that will cause you to be more than what you are right now, then you'll be missing out on all the fullness of God and what He wants for you. You see, I'm not vain enough to believe that one word of God from the pastor will take me through the rest of the week. Consume the word for yourself. And God will help you, I'm going to say it, slice it and dice it and cook it up so it's just for you. And write what you need. And it'll fill your belly. And give you some joy in your life. You need what God has prepared for you. And I can't always just give you everything God's need you, uh, you need for the whole week in one sermon. Pick up the word. It is his manna. Your daily bread. Your source, your supply that is more than enough. Previous generation had grumbled because they thought that is this all God's going to do for us? Huh. Ungrateful. Displayed no faith. Can I tell you that sometimes we do the same thing? God had proven time and time again that he was their supply. That he would supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. Manna was the beginning of their faith journey, I should say, and not the end of their faith journey. Because when God takes away the manna, he's preparing a new beginning. I'm sure they felt like they had lost favor with God when the manna stopped. But he was preparing something better, something new, a place where there was a milk and honey and uh, abundant supply, a, a place of more than enough and not just enough. Thank you, Pastor Jason. 
uh, th in the morning service, uh, he had just a little arrow. It said, more than enough, just enough. But what I really wanted, when I was in school, they taught us that that little Pac-Man, that little mouth, always went to the greater. God has greater in store for you. Do you, do you remember being taught that in math class? I'm no math genius, but what I know is I want the greater and not the lesser. I want uh, the more than enough and not the just enough. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. And I'm not just talking about in the physical. I'm not talking about having big houses and cars and all those kinds of things. I'm talking about God providing a spiritual supply for our lives. That's more than enough. I worked in Sylvania for 27 years. Great job. Good supply. But it was not my source. My wife has a great job at KCTCS. She's part of the reason why I can do what I do here. But that job is not our source. It's not our source. Can I go further? I appreciate pastoring. I love each and one, every one of you. You're like my family. But this church, it's not my supply. It's not my source. That little district position that I have as secretary treasurer, it's not my source. Why? Because God is my source. And if God needs to change up the way that supply comes to me, it's okay. I've experienced him do that before. And it causes us to grow in our faith. When I left Sylvania, I thought the plan was to keep doing this pastorate at part-time level and then have another job. That wasn't God's plan. And I was like, how, God? Looking unto him, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is our source. So I'm going to go back. Have you taken in the lamb? Have you applied his blood to your life? Have you come to the point of faith that you recognize that no matter what happens and what changes, He is your source?